All right. Well, here we are back again. Yeah. Checking in, making sure everything's good. All right, get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Three Year Plan podcast. My name is Ben Shaw. Um, yeah, so it's been a while. I'm gonna adjust the microphone here. I'm leaning over for no reason. Um, I do apologize, as always, for the for the uh, weird little like staticky clicks and everything you hear. I realized late in the game on uh, when we were recording the other podcast that uh, the kind of interface that I've been I was using for the whole time it, it makes that little staticky noise, and I didn't really know what to do about it. I didn't really have much I could do about it. I need it. It's the only one I have, so kind of left to no other choice but to use that and haven't upgraded that in the year since. So actually should probably broach that subject. So it has been so it the name of this podcast was is uh the three year plan. And we went for three years of doing this podcast every week for those three years missing in between seasons we i would take a break um in between like every 25 i would just take a week break which was nice because then it made it exactly a year because the two weeks break plus with the 50 episodes you know it just made it a nice round little bit of business there so i didn't have to worry about it but i'm returning for this one and so last year Actually, exactly one year this, when you're here, when this drops, it'll be exactly one year. I'm recording this the night before, truth be told. But one year later, this is, this is where we are. So this is, um, yeah, I, ju- I just figured I would do a little kind of checkup to see how everything is. So one year ago, the podcast ended, the three years came up. We were done, and we talked about what we were able to accomplish, what we did, you know, how the podcast went, and now we're talking about how it is and uh, how it is today, like what what we're up to, what I'm, what I've been doing, all that fun stuff. So, I just thought it would be nice after a year's time to kind of check back in. You know, the whole aim of the podcast last time was that I was working uh, a job, but I was also a working musician and trying to make all that balance happen, trying to make that work, see what I could do there, you know, and and try to make a career out of it now, try to make a career out of music. And over the course of the podcast, I learned a lot of things, not only about myself, but about music and my practice. And I think it was... For me, it was uh, it was truly an invaluable experience um, and period of self reflection that I think that has gotten me to where I am today and to have been able to accomplish what I have over the year since. Now that is 
I mean, compared to what other people may have done over a year or, you know, since we first last ended this or, you know, where I could be, you know, obviously there's, there are some things I, I, I have to say up front. I don't still have, I, I still don't have a career in music. I'm not full time making it on just music alone and exactly the way I always imagined it would be. But with, you know, besides that, I feel like the lessons I learned in doing the podcast have really propelled me to be able to make some of my best stuff and to kind of continue growing as a musician. Um, so I, I just thought, you know, now that we're coming up on the one year since, it would be fun to sort of check in. So, yeah. Um, just taking another note that I just remembered another thing. Um, so yeah, let's let's kind of get into it. So what have I done in the years since? Well, I I think last time I left, we were still doing, we were still in the midst of. Um, I was writing that solo flute piece. Uh, we were still doing that, and I was working on that, and I was trying to get that done, and I was I was pretty far, I think, but I, I don't remember exactly how far I was on that. Um, when we last laughed off, let last. Oh, sorry, left off. It's also um, as usual. I'm recording this late at night, uh, because I procrastinated the rest of the. Actually, that's not true. I practiced and then, um, had dinner and everything. So and worked a little bit on composition stuff. So I had a full day and I just had to do this at night because I actually did a bunch of other stuff. So that's good. That's that's good. Anyway. So the flo- solo flute piece ended up finishing that, um, and it was, and I think it came out really, really well. That's the beginning. That solo flute piece is the, sort of the beginning of this uh, set of s- s- um, pieces that I'm composing that are specifically for wind instrument based ensembles um, called uh, Studies in Wind. And this is like kicking off the whole series and set of that. So uh, I finished that. And then actually, because a competition was coming up fairly soon after I finished it, ended it up ended up recording it um, with uh, this fabulous pianist. And I mean, pianist. <laughs> yes, a pianist recorded this flute piece. This fabulous um, flautist in Boston named uh, Elisabetta Brandeis O'Neill. She... Can't, we went to uh, Bridge Studio, um, and S- Bridge Sound and Stage, and Alex recorded us. He was the same guy who recorded the um, string quartet for us. It was kind of a, a last-minute thing that I was recording this and finishing this flute piece. So it was really thrown together sometime in winter. I think it was December sometime that we did it. But for as like last-minute and everything that it was, I mean, the recording, the piece came out really... I was really happy with how the piece came out, but of course, you never really truly know how something's going to come out until you hear it. I mean, there's there's only so much that I can imagine and sort of get a, a sense of what it's going to sound like. But I'm really super 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 happy with how this one turned out. So, um, well, instead of just talking about it, how about we just hear it? So here is um, my solo flute number one for you. 
So there you have it. That's pretty much that's it right there. That is that is the whole thing. I think, like I said, I think it was fun. I got to, I th- I think it came out really well, and I it came out w- the way I hoped it would. It's kind of this free flowing, beautiful string of notes, melodies, and everything. But it's you know it's all kind of around the same sort of stuff. All this kind of motivic development, and then. Uh, playing with inversion and uh, you know just just a whole bunch of stuff it w- it was just it was a r- it was a really fun piece to write and I was really proud with where it, where it went and after that I ended up writing 
a duo. I continued the studies in wind and fin- wrote and finished, started and finished, I should say, a duet for uh, bass clarinet and, wait, was that? No, bassoon, sorry. The duet is for clarinet, just regular old clarinet, B-flat clarinet and bassoon. And that one was interesting because well, I was I was trying to figure out how to how to write this piece, and I was having a lot of trouble with it. And I don't have audio for this, so you're, you're just gonna have to use your imagination a little bit here. But I was looking for a way to write a duet because at least with the solo instrument, you know, there's just the one thing you have to worry about. Now I have to worry about two lines, you know, intersecting and weaving and counterpoint and everything, and making it really balanced. Just being wind instruments, you know, there are certain qualities of wind instruments that are really beautiful but there are some deficiencies there were in terms of held notes or can only play really one note at once unless you're doing multiphonics and then that's a very specific sort of effect that you're trying to achieve with that so with the duet i was just having so much trouble trying to figure out the characteristic of each instrument and really play to that so I ended up, my teacher had me write a short story about, you know, these two characters, find two characters and write a story about it. And I had sort of wanted to try writing just kind of fiction before. I, I just never really had an excuse, but I always thought like, oh, I think I could write a little bit, write separate than just music, you know, actually write in words and and uh, s- little stories because i I'm always been a fan of short stories and and so that really interests me that idea of trying that out so i she she suggested that I find in order to sort of help me on the way to figure out this piece she said, "Oh well, why don't you write two characters you know write a little story about two characters interacting with each other and so I was sitting on the couch and we have a poster from the uh, uh, Newport Jazz, uh, Newport Folk Festival from 2015, and it features a sailor, uh, kind of like this old fisherman sitting in a sailboat with some seagulls looking like he's there singing to him, and I just, from there, that kind of developed into this little short story between them, sort of a conversation, like a little play almost, between them uh, talking about, you know, the seagull wants to learn the song of the fisherman, and then, you know, he's got his own, like, weird song in a bird call, and so he teaches the fishermen, and there, there, I mean, there's tension and resolution. Actually, if you want to read the story, I put it up online on my website, so you can read it there. But that turned, that gave me sort of the launching point to write this little three-movement piece for clarinet and bassoon. So I wrote that duet, finished that, haven't recorded that, and then just recently finished a trio, started and finished a trio for, oh gosh, a flute. Bas- flute, oboe, and bass clarinet. And that one's sort of loosely based off of a. Uh, I took different data and numbers from. I did some research into wind turbines, you know, because there's three blades and because this is studies in wind. So obviously it all kind of goes together. And just sort of incorporated some of those numbers into developing the sort of peaks and valleys of the of the piece trying to trying to basically write an ode to a wind turbine is kind of what I called it so uh like I said I don't have a recording of that but it was that was another fantastic piece to write and I got into a lot of the weird research on 
wind turbines and learning all about them and just dealing now again with um this one was a little bit more atonal the duet was a little bit not not strictly tonal but it was very it w- it was it was it was a little bit more structured in certain ways where this one was a lot more free but this one what we did in I did in sonata form um kind of like a modified sonata form with like atonal or quasi-tonal sound so it i'm i'm very happy with where it came but it it's it's sort of i'm learning now more about writing for wind instruments and then after that i after finishing that i said okay i want to take a little break and i started i've just recently started an art song cycle um where i'm setting five robert robert frost poems to music and then i'll do like a little piano prelude, a little a uh, little postlude, and maybe one in between. Um, so, if you want to read those poems, I can tell you what they are. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm that's kind of what I'm currently working on now. I'm working on the first one, which the first one is a late walk, and then it'll be flower gathering, and then after that, it's the sound of trees, then the road not taken, which is a very popular one of his poems, and then good hours. I tried to go, I tried to pick five that would sort of develop a narrative structure. So if you check all those out, let me know what you think. I'm probably going to post something about it later and, you know, just try to get everyone's opinion because there's a certain narrative arc through those five poems that I see, but I'm always wondering if other people really see that. So, um, like I said, record, we recorded the flute and we actually recorded the piano preludes, but unfortunately just with how it all worked out, had to kind of record them in chunks and then had to do it over the course of a couple of sessions. And I still haven't gotten together with the engineer to finish setting those together. It's It's been pretty complicated <laughs> trying to figure that whole thing out. But I mean, it's it's been it's been fine. It's I mean, they came out really well. Uh, this pianist, Constantine Finehouse, recorded them, Boston bass guy, and um, Steve Hunt recorded them in his house. A beautiful piano. And it was it was just a really good opportunity, really cool. It's just Steve's very busy, and I'm, you know, wildly, weirdly busy at this point in the uh, in the year. This past June was just crazy. But but it's it's been good. So doing that, submitting to competitions, and that's, um, you know not necessarily bearing much fruit you know competitions in the classical world you just have to keep entering so we'll see what happens there but i'm just going to keep plugging away with that so that's pretty much all the classical stuff now with the singer songwriter thing that has there's been a bunch of movement on that as well we've we uh i've been writing a lot more songs i think i'm up to i forget how which one's I had last time we spoke, but I think over the course of the last, maybe since we last talked, it's probably, I don't know if I had, I don't know which ones I had, but maybe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, at least seven, if not eight. I don't, hmm, I don't know. I don't, it's, but it's, but it's that many is it which it doesn't feel like many but when you put it like that when when I, when I think about it that way i know that it's not you know too much that's you know that's less than one 
one a month, which is something I need to speed up. But with all the other stuff, I, I don't feel that guilty about it. But one thing we have done is, you know, besides writing new material and performing more material, we actually recorded one of the songs. Um, I got all the guys over here in September of last year, the guys who I usually play with in the band, uh, uh, Mark, Joe, Brian, Ryan, and Tom. Um, got this uh, guy I knew, Matt Lombardi. He came over. We set up everything in the house, and we actually turned the house into like a recording studio. I think I think there's a lot of pictures. If you go on to my Instagram account, Benjamin at Benjamin Shaw Music on Instagram, you'll you'll see like a lot of those pictures, and you'll kind of get a sense of what that was all like. And it, we just over the course of a weekend, just multi-tracked this this uh, the song of mine. Actually, it was the first song that I ever wrote for this kind of singer-songwriter project. It was called it's called Between the Leather Between the Leather and Headlights, and it's been a really important song to me. Not only as like a way to just kind of say to myself, it's like okay, I can write this music, and it was like a neat guitar line that I wrote that just seemed to happened sort of organically and it just felt really good and I think the recording itself is a good show of how I want to balance different sonic elements balance the idea of like trying to do kind of like a jazz sort of thing and and, and like just the territory I want to be in and I think it just came out sounding beautiful now we recorded a longer version there's an extended version that you can download for free on my soundcloud um at benjamin shaw music so if you go to soundcloud.com slash benjamin shaw music you'll be able to find between the leather and headlights on there for free you just download it right now you can just download it that's the extended version but for this um just so you you all can hear i'm just going to play sort of the radio version of it that just kind of takes out the intro so you can hear it but uh yeah here's between the leather and headlights alone in a room that's full of people ain't nothing on my mind except mostly i'll take my forty dollars and head for home None of us an hour pass beneath my feet My eyes are too tired to see the yield signs ahead For the further I go, each sounds the same Space from the leather and the headlights, what to blame? You know that game I'm driving in a car with only three wheels Praying that I make it before I fall out the door and onto the pavement. My life's give out, we just can't handle them all. How far does this road go? Are you sure it'll get me home? Where the further I go, each town's the same. Space me the leather and the headlights, what to blame? You know that game. Well, spinning wheels quickly turn 
So I hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, it, I think it that is probably the closest I've gotten on a recording to being how I kind of wanted it to sound. Like I was just very, very happy with all the different parts. Everyone played their ass off. Obviously, you know you can hear that. That's very evident on the on the recording. But it's. It's just like how it all fit together, how it all sounds together, all the neat parts. I mean, I, I won't go into it forever, you know, in talking about like what did re get recorded. But it's like I went in with a specific vision of how I wanted it to happen. And parts of that lasted into the final bits of the recording. But then the other stuff was just the, sort of the magic that we found with everybody doing. And I hate to put it that way. It, it kind of trivializes it in a certain way to say that it's just magic. And it's not just a result of people training for hours and hours on their instruments and committing so much time to the song and learning it and trying to put it in their own voice into it and working hard to define themselves. Not to take that away from it and just saying that we stepped into a studio and all of a sudden it was all magic. It's a lot of work to get to a place where you can make music that you think is any good at all. But beyond that, it was just all of a sudden we were entering into these weird zones and things that just sounded so good that just kind of popped up that I didn't even realize we're going to have. It just, it all worked out so, so, so well. And I'm very happy to have that sort of being the defining song, the sort of structural, it's like the keystone in the the arc that is sort of the specific sound area I want to occupy in the singer songwriter project where it's a little groove it's not like it's not just folk music but it's definitely folk music it's got like a little interesting harmony going on some neat chords in the background just stuff it's it feels like okay there's a there's a realm we're in that's that feels very similar, but hopefully it registers as different enough and unique in certain ways. But so that was, I mean, that was an incredible experience to be, to be able to do that. And also to, um, 
you know, even more recently, get everyone in together. And over the course of one day, we knocked out the instruments on three more singles that we'll be releasing um, soon enough, hopefully hard times, uh, loans on love and meet me at the table. All that's left on that are the voice, um, the voice parts, because I just, I couldn't really record that day. I had been sick earlier. So my voice was kind of wrecked. Plus it, w- it was just all the time was taken up doing other things. Um, cause we all recorded that these three, these next three were just recorded live as a group. And, and again, I think, I think you'll be able to hear that. I think they still work really well. And obviously there are certain parts of both that I'm like, if I were to listen back, I'd be like, oh, maybe that part. But I think that's sort of the beauty of where these are now or that they're documents of this time and the sound of this particular group. But I just have to add horns and voice parts and maybe redub a guitar. There's like one guitar part on Loans on Love that I just kind of slowed down at the beginning. And if I think I've just kept the the tempo consistent, I think it would be better. So I, I got to go back and fix that. But other than that, and just some like little fill in work, you know, those are done and those will be mixed and those will be released hopefully soon. And then I'm hoping to do a couple of more um, soon after that. But I mean, we'll see. It's all about time, especially. And then of course, money, money is also a factor in all this. But and then in terms of like the jazz stuff beyond the singer-songwriter stuff. Oh, and the singer-songwriter stuff, I've been getting a lot more gigs lately for that, which is which is good. And and I've noticed and there's been a couple of times where over the course of this last year where I've been asked to play these gigs, but no one else can do them, so I have to do it solo and they're like 3 hours long. So it's like, "Oh shit, how am I going to do this?" You know, on guitar, piano, and then voice. And I'm still taking piano lessons and I've been taking piano lessons. So I'm getting more and more proficient on that. And, you know, guitar, it's like I still play guitar sort of at the same level, probably better. I mean, obviously a little bit better just because I've been doing it for now a year longer than last we spoke. But my piano skills are definitely getting much better. Um, There are songs that I'm able to write and things I'm able to compose because I'm more proficient at piano and Maybe only because that, because I can hit the things quick and, and hear them and know how to navigate around that. But um, I'm able to do these three-hour gigs. The last one I did, I didn't even stop. I just played for three hours straight. I mean, you know, I would break to find music or whatever, you know, to figure out what I wanted to play next. But I'm able to do that now. I mean, to think about when I first started the podcast... I couldn't do anywhere near that. I couldn't even probably fill, you know, 30 minutes for you on my own. And now that's like a regular thing. Like I can just go up with my guitar and I can do 30 minutes of original material, if not more. I mean, have almost like 16, 17 songs that I can readily play by myself with no added person. Although I do want a band, I just, you know, people behind me. It's just the reality of this kind of project is that I need to be able to do it on my own, and I can do that. And that's a very freeing experience for me to be able to do that, to go from you know playing saxophone where it's kind of reliant on other people to play with me to being able to do these gigs and to travel around the Northeast and play these things. And I've been trying to kind of stretch out and get more gigs. It's 
it's not foolproof. I still am having trouble. Like recently I've been emailing places in Boston and the question always is like, oh, who can, how many people can you bring? And that's always been my problem in music is, is finding an audience and retaining that audience and getting an audience to come out. So what I'm hoping is with these recordings, as good as they are, as good as they sound, I'm hoping I'm hoping that that's what's going to entice people to want to come, to want to, you know, learn, you know, sit and listen to this music and and kind of support the music and, and come out to the project. And I, I hope it's the recordings kind of make that happen. But it's, I mean, that's all part of the game. Everyone's kind of fighting the same things that we're all fighting for every gig that's out there. But that's how it is. But now I can play these gigs and not have to worry about a full band or whatever. The thing I need to learn now is just maybe, you know, when the other guys can't do it, maybe having to find people that can fill in on certain things just so that I can have a full ensemble if I need it. Because most of them have jobs too and have other commitments and other things and other bands. And it's it sucks because obviously I want them to be just committed to this band and everyone's doing it, but it's not like that. That's not the kind of group I run. I mean, it's, it's, it's like that in the jazz world. I mean, in, in jazz, I've been thankful to have a lot more gigs than that and to, you know, play more jazz kind of around the city and to have an opportunity to play with more people and to make better music and to, I mean, for instance, you know, and just on the horn a couple of weeks ago, we played at the Grange again. And before that, it was like a little, um, I didn't like an event for this gala. And I was on that and we were playing jazz. And before that, it was other things. And now this weekend, I'm heading down to New York to play with my buddy Dylan and his father, Victor, at this place that they play regu- at a regular basis. And it's like, I'm going to be able to go do that. And that is such a, it's such a treat to be able to do that. And I feel much better I I feel like I know what I'm doing much more now even over the course of a year you know I I took a lesson with um this uh saxophone player in the area Dino Gavone I I hadn't taken a lesson in a long in a, a saxophone lesson in a long time and I just felt like I needed somebody and he only showed me really a few things gave me like a couple etudes to do but kind of got me on a good practice regimen and in a good headspace I mean, my practicing has gotten much better since I started taking piano lessons, and uh, my teacher, Mr. Erickson, has showed me how to do, like, all this, you know, how to just approach practicing in a, in a much better, more sophisticated, uh, focused manner, but my saxophone practice has gotten much better. I'm trying to transcribe more. I mean, this past couple months have been sort of weird because May, end of May and June, and all of June, I've been like really gig heavy, which is not a complaint at all. I wish it was this gig heavy all the time, but the problem with it kind of being feast or famine with the gigs is that I don't necessarily know how to adapt to a sort of hardcore gig schedule <clears throat> with in terms of like practicing and then writing every stuff like that kind of falls off. I feel like people who are more in tune to the like okay, I have like these regular gigs so I know what's going on with this and and I know what to that I need to practice I, I have this time to practice I can't really it's hard to like 
structure it and schedule certain things and, and time where I can sit and be in solitude and practice and really focus on that time because it's like, okay, I have 30 minutes, then I got to get out the door and run up. You know, tomorrow I'll actually be, I have another gig um, with this cover band. We're playing at this uh, brewery up in Pawtucket. And it's like, okay, that's that's going to be fun, but I'm going to have to run up there and play in a, I'm not necessarily playing on every tune and there are great groups of got there are great group of guys, but it's also, you know, now that takes away from my piano practicing and my composition stuff. And it's like it's it's just learning how to balance that. And that's something I haven't quite figured out. But in terms of the jazz stuff, I mean, holy shit, I feel so much better about myself as a jazz musician. I mean, I'm not at the level I want to be, but I've been recording myself lately and listening back to it and like I'm getting I'm getting some of my ideas across. I'm getting some of them out. Like they're they're coming through and my sound is better. That was one thing that Dino showed me was how to how to improve my sound and how to get it fuller. And so now I have a much better command of the horn and I'm still working on it. But I I just I feel so much better about what I'm able to do on it that so much so that I finally feel comfortable with recording a, an album of stuff. And I'm going to actually, I, the other day we just had set a date a couple of weeks ago for a recording in September. We're going to do it at big, nice studio. It's going to be me, uh, Nick, uh, Max and Tom. Um, we're going to, we're going to go in and we're going to play, um, kind of I'm looking to make like a pastoral jazz album sort of like a uh, that's what I told the Brad the engineer at big nice studio I really want to do like sort of like a fellowship thing because I love that set of music and I think it also blends well with sort of the classical music I've been making a little bit and also blends well really well with the singer-songwriter project so I want to be able to kind of put out there this whole slew of stuff that I have that is sort of familiar and is sort of in the same place. So that's kind of what I'm looking to do with that. And and I'm excited for that. And I finally feel like I'm at a place where, I I mean, no one's knocking down my door to ask me, like pay me to, Blue Note's not asking me to record an album for them. So... I've given myself enough excuses over the years to not record some of this material. And I'm glad I haven't because now I feel like if I go into a studio and actually record these tunes, I'll be happy with how they come out. I feel like I'll be able to improvise over them in a way that will be reverent to the music and will fit the music. And and I'll be able to do it much better now than I would have, necessarily done it in the past but so that's coming up in September and uh, speaking of recording work just did recently did some uh, recording work for uh, a friend of mine Chrissy Stewart so um, she's she's got a cool new project she had me come in first time I've played a clarinet uh, in years (laughs) and recorded on it just found enough notes that worked uh, Barry Sax and Tenor Sax on that, and that's a really cool record, so be sure to look out for that. And then a uh, buddy of mine, Jake Davenport, uh, 
has a collaboration that he's been doing with a few buddies of his, and I got to record some like really wickedly cool hard, you know, not like intensely hard, but like tough horn parts, just in terms of their accuracy and trying to get them all right. And I had to do two two of them, you know, it was like a, a har- harmonized line. I just did that recently here at the house, and. It's just, those are the kind of opportunities I want. I want to work with people. I want to collaborate with people. And I want to just make music. I think that's one of the things I've worked, I worked really hard on was giving myself the permission. I'll, I, I have validated myself enough as a musician to say, it's like, okay, well, you just do it. Like, no one's, you know, like we talked about the writing earlier, like writing that little short story between the uh, seagull and the fisherman. From there, I decided it's like, wow, I, I like writing. I think I can do this short story thing that I've always thought I could, kind of wanted to try. And so I just started writing short stories. And actually, there was a competition coming up uh, for short story writing that this place called NYC Midnight does. And so uh, my wife, Shelly, was saying, like, well, why don't you do it? Why don't, why don't you enter it? I'm like, I don't know about it. And she just kept pushing me to enter it. And so I said, fine, I entered it. And I got through to the second round. So that means that like the first story was good enough to place for the second one. And I just barely missed the mark to go into the final round. But it meant that I had to write two unique stories in different formats. They gave you a prompt. But it it was just a a great exercise in in having to write and coming up with new stuff. And just a different sort of mode of which I can kind of create. Music can can be so tough just because you have to deal with the language of each instrument and of the music that you're trying to make. And everything has to be very specific. There's like a whole set of rules that go along with it. But with words and everything, with poetry and with short stories and story and literature and fiction and everything, you know, there's you pretty much have free reign as long as you, you know, know the words and use the words, you know, in a semi-correct manner in a way that makes sense. Or even then it's like you can kind of play around with language. Uh, it, it was just a very freeing experience. So I'm hoping to do more of that. So far I have like, I guess with the counting the seagull thing about four up there right now. And you can find those on online on my website which that's another thing i did was make a new website uh, benjaminshawmusic.com i actually sat down and decided to try to design a website that made a little bit of sense and uh that you know i could host all the stuff all my little dates and all my writing all my music all that stuff got pictures got nice pictures taken last September, so I've been using those. So just trying to really start making, even if if they're small, start making better moves to be a better professional musician. Even if I'm not, even if it's not my only source of income, my, my career, I can still be a professional musician with a good website, good pictures, good quality recordings, um, you know, just a a good sense of how to do it all and a good presence. 
And I mean, I'm trying. I'm still trying. I'm still out here plugging away. In the years since we last talked, I didn't stop. And I think part of me just kind of wanted you all to know that. Anyone who sort of went on that journey with me over the three years, I just wanted you to know that it's like, yeah, even after that, and even beyond, even, you know, maybe because I didn't have to worry about it every week, I was able to do a lot. And I, it doesn't seem like a lot at the time, but it's it's nice to kind of go back and say like, oh yeah, here's what I did over this period of time. And to really say like, in that time, I've become a much, I can see that I'm a much better practicer um, and a more productive musician just in, in in the pure data of it, you know, to finish three pieces basically <clears throat> in that time to record these songs, to write new songs, to be working at a clip and not, I'm not, you know, hugely proficient, like a prolific, sorry, uh-huh, and not proficient either. But I'm not very prolific, but there's a lot happening and there's a lot of different stuff happening and it's, and it's kind of all over the map, but that's sort of how I like it anyway. But it's all of the same sort of piece. So, you know, even though that like varies week to week, like I said, I don't feel as bad because I can see the progression. And I can understand the timeline that's happening. I can, I can see it sort of as a whole in front of me. And I can look back over a year and say, like, oh, this is what I did. This is what I'm going to do. And this is this is what I can be as a musician. And again, still not at, like, the, the dream place that I want. But this podcast, more than anything, was always about the journey of that and sort of the the discovery of oneself as a musician and the the process of giving yourself the permission to fail or to make bad music in order to get to the good music to write shitty first drafts as Anne Lamott says in her brilliant book Bird on Bird um Bird on Bird no idiot I said I said bird on bird, didn't I? Bird by bird. Wow. Don't if you're looking for bird on bird, you're not going to find the book I read. But in her book Anne Lamott writes about these shitty first drafts and it's like you have to just sort of embrace that idea that you're going to write really shitty first drafts. And it's empowering to know that it's like you can fail, you can fuck up, but you know, it's part of the gaining expertise is eventually you learn to have that you have the confidence in order to see a mistake and fix a mistake you know when you're an amateur you might see mistakes but you don't know how to fix them or you're trying to fix mistakes but you don't see the other mistakes that are creeping up you're missing steps you're or you're just not recognizing them at all but once you can recognize a mistake that's half of its power lost you know, you now you just need to make the effort to, to fix it and correct it and get better and improve. But I, again, I feel like because I want to write and I want to do these things that I can and I will 
because I've given myself at least that much permission to just make music. If it never turns out that it's like the greatest success, most successful thing ever, uh, you know, I'll deal with that as it comes, but I'll make good music and I'll try to be the best that I can. Ultimately, being what this podcast was about the entire time and sort of what its legacy in my life continues to be. So that's about it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for, if you're, if you're hearing this, for returning back to this, this uh, weird podcast thing. If this is your first time listening to this, wow, you've, you've got a lot, a lot to catch up on. Um, but no, sir, I mean, truly, thank you for listening to this. I mean, the, the previous three years when I was doing this for three years straight were such, again, such an invaluable experience for me in terms of growing as a musician. And I feel like the lessons I gained from that unveiled themselves and proved themselves to be true over this last year. So very, very gracious about that. So one thing that we always used to do last time were deadlines. So one thing I did in the new year is I set up deadlines to do for myself, where it says I wanted to write four classical pieces. I wanted to have 20 songs in total, not a huge number, but still good. Four short stories, do six transcriptions, record four jazz tracks, record five singer-songwriter singles, and read 10 books. Again, nothing too, too crazy. I mean, the four classical pieces and the song stuff is crazy, but I'm almost done with the 20 total songs, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got 16 songs that are like performable that I could do on a regular basis. I mean, I have a couple more than that, but I'm, I'm not counting them for certain reasons, just because I, I don't perform them as much. And maybe I will. Maybe I'll include those and and be fine with that. But um, four classical pieces already wrote one, working on another, which is maybe about a third of the way done right now so not necessarily making good time on that but we'll see three short stories are down so i need to write one more Uh, my transcription kind of fell off but i'm almost done with the third one which is about halfway through so i'm doing good like i said the jazz tracks i've got a recorded date for that singer songwriter singles i'm recording those we're on our way and then reading 10 books kind of slowed down on that but I've already read three and um, I have a couple more that I'm in the process of reading they're just kind of bigger and thicker books so we'll see how that goes but regardless of that um, that's kind of where I'm at right now I'm just working through that and um, I'm just still making music so thank you as always for being here if you want to know more about me or the music or anything please visit Benjamin uh, yeah, I almost forgot my own website, BenjaminShawMusic.com. Once again, that's BenjaminShawMusic.com for like links to music, links to other things, or you can find me on SoundCloud at BenjaminShawMusic or on Instagram at BenjaminShawMusic. Um, yeah, so other than that, thank you as always for listening to this. Um, have a 
great rest of your time. I don't know when I'll do another one of these. Maybe never. Maybe this will be the last one. But hey, I thought the last one would be the last one. So you never know. But um, if I don't see you again here, I'll see you somewhere along the journey. I'm sure of it. And um, I hope you, uh, you know, keep doing your thing and uh, keep working hard, everyone. <laughs>